Welcome to JD's Lab. We mix entrepreneurship with scientific method to help you reach your readers. Well, this is Dr. John and welcome to our JD's Lab podcast. Our aim is to help authors and writers to self-publish their works and determine their own publishing future. The rise of the audiobook and related audio product in self-publishing is a topic that is not covered or understood well in writer communities. In fact, our research shows that audiobooks are growing at a far greater rate than print books. But are people listening to books more than they are reading them? And what does the future of audio products like audio books and podcasts look like? And how important is it to develop an understanding of these media for your own self-publishing journey? In this episode, we look at these questions, ask the experts, and do some fact-checking to help navigate this audio sphere. We have some special segments, including meeting Matt Gain from Audible and interviewing a special person who has used listening as a means of healing a brain event. And remember, at JD's Lab, our Writer's Lab for Self-Publishers, we help you to think like a writer, an entrepreneur, and scientist. A powerful mix, so buckle up and listen in. I hope you enjoy our exciting new podcast series with an interesting mix of AI and real human narrators. Are people listening to books and podcasts more than they are reading books and articles? The rise of audiobooks and audio products seems to be growing, but is this true? Audible International Executive Matt Gain talks to Dr. John Drain about the rise of listening to books. Matthew Gain spoke at an I2N Innovation Network event about his career in Audible and Amazon. He was asked by Dr. John Drain, who is a member of I2N, are people listening to books more than reading books? Matthew noted the rise of listening to books was increasing and depended on different genres and situations. A common thread across all audiobook offerings is the trend of being time poor, and whether you are a home carer, executive, or a factory packer, the ability to listen to a book is an amazing offering. But is this the case, and is it just audible that is being listened to? See the Matt Gain UONI to an event link on johndrain.net article page for this podcast. Dr. John's research and podcast team researched and discussed a brief history of audio checked with the experts about audio in many situations, and did a fact check to see the state of audiobooks in general, and included it in his own podcast called JDS Lab. Episode 7, Listening to Books, then asked about where this all is heading. A brief history of benevolent use of audio. Audiobooks emerged in the 1930s with the establishment of the American Foundation of the Blind. Back then, the medium used was vinyl records. However, the 1960s saw a surge when tape recorders and then cassette recorders provided the ability to distribute to larger audiences, including libraries. 
Technology has then led the rise of audio products with the emergence of digital recordings. Amazon leading the push in the late 1990s with the creation of Audible and the first audio player. The diversity of use of audio. What do the experts say? For those of us who love to listen to a recording while doing activities like washing up the dishes, going for a walk, driving in workplace situations, there is also a strong foundation of audio intention toward helping those with sight impairment. Our brief history review showed the benevolent foundation of audiobooks and recordings for sight impairment situations. More recent research has shown the assistance that audio offerings also have with neurologically different people. So we asked, for neurodivergent folks and those who learn differently do, audiobooks offer benefits that reading books do not. Special educator Barbara Wilson says that, listening to audiobooks can help bridge the gap between decoding words and assigning meaning, which supports people with dyslexia and other word processing issues. On the other hand, Dr. Kristen Willumier, neuroscientist, explains that listening to an audiobook or podcast activates many of the same areas of the brain as reading written text. While listening to books activates the part of the brain responsible for language processing and reading, a book activates more areas responsible for visual processing. Both activities engage semantic processing of information in the same areas of the brain. This is good news because it means that audiobooks and traditional books can both expand your knowledge, improve your memory, and sharpen your mental faculties in largely the same way. Cliff Wheatsman's article compares the benefits of audiobooks versus reading and covers themes such as brain benefits, knowledge retention, and general enjoyment. He notes also, it turns out that listening to audiobooks and reading the written word both offer some of the same benefits along with several unique benefits of their own. Well, hi, it's Dr. John here, and I'm really excited to have a special guest on our podcast. I'm going to share her experience of using audiobooks and podcasts to help her to heal a severe brain health event. Her name is Bev Roberts, and she runs a, a mentoring business called Living Fabulously, and you can find her on bevroberts.com. So... Welcome, Bev. Hey, John. It's so good to be here with you today. Thank you. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so we have um, five themes, including the intro that I've just done, including the backstory, uh, your journey, um, what inspired you, and how listening products have been part of the healing process, which is fascinating and relevant to our episode title of Listening to Books. So, Bev, this severe health event, can you just sort of talk to that just as a backstory rather than sort of like the journey? But it might meld into a bit of the journey as well. So can you just tell us maybe in two or three minutes uh, uh, what it was about, what was happening there? So I have a career history of 25 years as an executive and a business consultant. And so I've traded on my intellect all of my life, my working life mostly. 
And what I found is in the workplace, I was working in one of the blue chip companies in Sydney, and I started to observe myself in a strange situation where people would walk towards my desk. And even though they were in my team and I had worked with them for a period of time, I would not know their name. I would just look at them blankly and know their face, but not their name. So that was starting the first part where I recognized something was not right. And I noticed that my recall of events was not great. Fortunately for me, I'm a really good note taker and I always have had electronic notes so I could access them, you know, by searching for things. Have I said this? Have I agreed to this? Those kind of things. And then I thought, well, maybe I'm just burnt out or maybe this is like early onset dementia because it's just so unlike me. I was, I could turn ideas on a dime, very good problem solver. And I, fe I felt like I was just losing my mind a bit. Pretty scary stuff. Okay, sorry to interrupt, but let's keep going. Yeah, yeah so I, because, because of this, you know, memory loss and, uh, you know, common objects. So for example, I would look, my daughter used to say to me, Mom, could you use your words? Because I would go, pass me the thingy over there, because I wouldn't know what to call it. It just, I could, I just lost that ability. And I went on this journey to try and uncover what it was and felt really dismissed by the medical system. Fortunately, I did have a small team of medical people who supported me, who understood who I was as a person before I was unwell. And it took a long time to find out what was wrong or what was going on or how I could heal. But essentially, I had to take a sabbatical because I couldn't function properly in my job. And what ended up happening is through a journey, not only through the medical system, I, after six months of a sabbatical, I realized that I could not return to my work. It just wasn't possible. And until I did neuropsychology tests, which proved I had major cognitive dysfunction, nobody believed me. It was just, you know, well, it's not possible, you know, those kind of things. And so for me, that internal fear that was rising, that I was losing my mind, and what it in eventually when I got the right help after three years, it was a chronic brain infection that hadn't been detected. And so it took so much longer to remedy uh, for myself. So, so Bev, this brain um, sort of, what is it, a disease, was it? Um, was it rare or something like that or never heard of? Or, obviously, they diagnosed it, so it must have been existing in some way. Is that what, um, can you talk to that? Yes. So the, they that are in other parts of the world, they don't believe they exist here. So people were overlooking the fact that I could have actually had this for some time. And, and yeah, so it, it took a long time to find out what it was. And then it took a long time to heal. So, yeah. And so then you uh, basically, I guess, moving to the, the next part of the, the, um, the view, is this now became your own quest to try and solve this, but you had good medical people, medical buddies or something like that. You had a good GP or something like that. So we're moving really into that journey of where you actually move forward and how you tried to solve it. Can you talk to that? 
Yes, so I did have a integrative health general practitioner. So she's done her main training and then she's done more functional and other, you know, understanding that the body is is made up of a complex set of systems that all work together. And she started doing some other testing, which led us down the right path. And then she found me somebody who could support me uh, to actually clear up the infection that I was dealing with. And what she said to me at the time was, you're very different to my other patients. And I really feel it would help others if you were to write a book. So in my quest of learning, you know, so I was in the space where I wanted to retrain my brain. So I understand that with neuroscience, we can recreate neural pathways. Even if you've lost that uh, information, you, you've lost the access to the information laid down in your brain before, you can recreate it. So I signed up as an integrative health coach and they had this beautiful library of audios, right? There were videos as well, but the videos didn't really serve me uh, because yeah. they weren't, they didn't have closed captions on them. So I would listen to the audio, pause it and make notes furiously and, you know, thing. but then I still didn't have the recall. So what I did is I set myself up with, the, well, we, we met every, we met twice a week. And the first week was her to reteach it to me so I could ask questions in the moment that I could then supplement my notes. So I had this process of, learning and I think for many of us we are lifelong students you know so I, I started to feel that sense of accomplishment that whilst I couldn't retain all the information I was starting to learn and I started to realize there were some things I was learning that I could apply to myself and then I took that idea that my GP gave me and I thought if somebody else doesn't have to suffer through what I've been through how to manage yourself I wondered how I was going to write this book Right. I knew I needed to write it, but I couldn't. And this is what I found with the audio and the notes. Only when the audio was playing could I pause it and make the notes. I couldn't listen and then make the notes later. So I had no retention of what I was hearing. And I realized, okay, if you can go from audio to text, then I can do that on my computer. So I actually spoke my book into being wow. by recording it in speech to text and Microsoft Word and got myself a good editor, finding ways to heal for myself and finding ways to help others. Okay, now listen, this book sounds very exciting and I know that you said it was a bestseller, which is awesome. Can you just, what is the title of the book? It's called Hope in a Dark Tunnel, Your Roadmap to Navigating Chronic Illness. Well, look, that is a journey in itself, isn't it? And um, the book will also be mentioned on the podcast page. We're in um, an episode uh, called Listening to Books, which is why Bev's here, which is how what an amazing quintessential story of listening to books and the theme of that. And so we'll put that on the um, the article page as well. So our podcast have an amazing journey, Bev, and um, I'm sort of in awe of it, and it's fantastic. So I'm just looking at my notes at the moment. So let's just move to the next theme, which is um, what or who inspired you in this journey? And I've heard about your social networks, your GP and things like that, but there, was there another sort of major guru or something like that or an event and, or whatever? There were, as part of my integrative health coaching training, there were a number of experts that, you know, you come across through the teachings that were happening. 
So what I did was I started listening to their podcasts. And at the time, you know, 12 years back, there weren't as many audiobooks available uh, through either purchase or through libraries. So I would listen to their podcasts um, and obviously have to pause it and play and make notes. And then I started my own podcast because I thought if I could handpick what I wanted these people to teach my audience. So I ended up with about 103 podcasts, two of which were solo, because I just couldn't manage my own memory recall in a solo podcast at that time. But one of them, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, is she's a no-nonsense uh, Eastern European lady living in the United Kingdom. But she had experience of her own child with brain health issues. He uh, had been diagnosed as autistic, and she used food to heal him through his gut healing. And so a lot of her work was foundational to my own journey. So there were a number of experts and started looking into audiobooks to go and get the information. And just listening to audiobooks didn't really help me. I actually needed to do both the audio and the writing. So that was the way I sort of cemented the understanding and that su supported me to get there. But Okay, fantastic. All good stuff. And on our theme of listening to books, and it's uh, really exciting listening to you um, because it's inspirational. And, you know, I don't say that lightly. Um what a journey and and so um and also you've had people who've inspired you and you've found this medium as well uh so our last theme is how listening products uh were part of your healing which you've started to address so if you think of it uh there, there's actually science that shows that when you hear something and when you read something it does sort of act on slightly different parts of the brain with a similar outcome so for somebody like me who would read a textbook and it would just not compute in my brain to any level of understanding, my use of audio, whether it was through podcasts, through um, audio books, or through listening to, so often people say, oh, they've done a video on YouTube. Well, I wouldn't watch the video. I would listen to the audio. To, to, so the audio product was what made the benefit for me and because I think with audiobooks when you're doing it for learning purposes you can press pause on that player and take your own notes as you're going you know but whereas I use audiobooks a lot still now for pleasure but I do still use audiobooks for for learning and I find that using those books not only for learning and acquiring understanding and knowledge about brain health and knowing with confidence that I could rebuild my brain. So it's been 12 years since that terrible event. And I would say the first five years, I was still wandering in the, in the wilderness. Not only got the podcast that you're listening to, but also uh, that we've got an article page and uh, Bev helped with the um, some of the references with respect to um, scientists or experts. We have a called Check the Experts, and who basically found that there was a mixture uh, in terms of healing and response, a mixture of using audio 
and writing or, or print books or textbooks. This, which had a sort of a ability, it's an audio book as well, uh, from what I can understand, and uh, which you'll hear in this episode. We've got a promo um, part where we use AI narrators and things like that. So that's opening up the world of um, of listening products as well. So so that's great. Well, that, that is an incredible journey story, and um, here you are, totally and utterly parent sorry for saying that okay and uh, you should be so proud of what you've done uh, i'm sort of like quite emotional just listening to it and um, responding to it um so okay Bev, i think we might leave it there did you have any, any last comments and to make about it you know like maybe just a an end piece or something like that and, and what how this episode's been or, or how this um experience has been yeah i would say to anybody listening is never give your personal power away to the medical system. You have all you have within you to find the way, your path to healing. Fantastic. Well, that is a great way to end this interview. Thank you so much, Bev Roberts. And uh, everyone, please, um, after you've listened, go to the page, our podcast page, and see more info on Bev's book and things like that. Thanks, Bev. Thanks for the opportunity, John. Okay, great. Introducing the never-ending startup, The Circular Business Entrepreneur, a podcast and book by Dr. John Drain about his startup which was founded in 1993 and how it lasted this long. The never-ending startup is the story of award-winning researcher, writer, innovator, historian and entrepreneur Dr. Jonathan Drain and his journey through the world of high-rise construction, property development and then into startup ventures the genesis of which he discovered only recently, had its inception over half a century earlier. His first startup called Optimum Search was established in 1993 and still stands today. With a deep quarter-century history of entrepreneurial achievement and a catalyst research, with some failure along the way, the latter being a central part of the DNA of its success. Please see our book page on johndrain.net for its release as an audiobook, ebook, and in print-on-demand on Amazon. Audio versus print books. Are people listening to audiobooks more than reading textbooks? A common thread across all audiobook offerings is the trend of being time poor, and whether you are a home carer, executive, or a factory packer, the ability to listen to a book is an amazing offering. But is this the case, and is the listening market exceeding the reading textbooks market? The data is expansive and revealing, but also focuses on digital products. That include ebooks, audiobooks, podcasts, live streaming, and radio. THGM writers' article and graphics provide helpful statistics and coverage of the various media, the chart below showing paperback at 41% and audiobook 8% across an international survey cohort, listening to books, audiobooks, digital books, ebook statistics. In terms of the overall book publication market, which in 2022 was $141 billion, the audio market was only 3.82%. However, the audio market's annual rate of increase is predicted across different research sources to be 25 to 30%, while the book publishing market only grows at approximately 2%. Purchased versus listened to in libraries. 
In addition, when reviewing the statistics about the growth of audiobooks, the information shared often reflects purchased audiobooks. Yet the public libraries in Australia provide their members with free access to digital products, including audiobooks and ebooks. During 2020, digital audiobook and ebook circulation grew 41% in Australian public libraries. This compares favourably to the worldwide growth rate, 33%, as well as Australia's digital circulation growth in 2019, 21%. The rate of audiobook growth is forecast to be 26.4% globally every year over the next seven years. On-demand BYO webinars by JD Slab. An on-demand webinar workshop offering where you can bring your writers group with you. Read more on our podcast intro page or look on johndrain.net and go to podcasts. We include our JD Slab lab kit in the webinar which provides a strategy and pathway with links to a self-publishing future. Don't forget to answer our three-question drop-down quiz about this podcast to get your 25% discount code that can be applied to our webinars and coaching sessions. See our podcast page on johndrain.net. Dr. John here. At the start of this episode, our initial question was simple. Are people listening to books more than reading print books? However, it wasn't as simple as that due to the way the data has been formed by various research groups. Firstly, the statistics focus on a mix of digital products and not always direct evidence of audiobooks, or for that matter, audio products including podcasts, live streaming, and radio, the latter holding a huge dominant following both historically and presently. However, there is a strong data support for the extensive growth rate of audiobooks and products at between 25 to 30% per annum. That said, it also suggests that in the overall book publish publishing realm, audio holds less than 5% of the marketplace. Now, access to audiobooks is becoming easy through the library system. They don't distract people from learning and can be used along with textbooks. There's a strong heritage of audio products going back to the 1930s with sight-impaired people being provided recordings. In more recent times, neurodivergence has been studied in this context and shows the support for a mix of audio and print products for diversity of neural health and connection. So I hope you have enjoyed reading and listening to our podcast on audio products and the rising trend in their adoption. Our JD Slab podcast doesn't just review audio products, but will review the rise of use of AI in writing and self-publishing and how to talk to AI and bots through the increasing use of AI-empowered search engine optimization, or SEO. So stay tuned. Remember, in JD's lab, we help you to think like a writer, an entrepreneur, and a scientist. So listen in.
Thanks for visiting JD Slab. We mix entrepreneurship with scientific method to help you reach your readers. We would love to hear from you and simply go to johndrain.net and to the contact form on the sidebar. Don't forget to answer our three-question drop-down quiz about this podcast. To get your 25% discount code that can be applied to our webinars and coaching sessions, see our podcast page on johndrain.net.